Good morning. It's uh, good to be home once again. So this morning, um, I feel like the Lord gave me a message, and I've been praying all morning, Lord, is this the day for it? Is this the time for it? And when John was doing his Sunday school lesson, and it was centered around loving one another and praying for one another, I thought, yeah, this is, this is, this is for today. And uh, I want to tell you that if I had to... Um, if I had to name this, this message, um, and I don't know if you ever noticed this, but the ministry often does this. If we had to name this message and we're winking at Micah like, put this on the CD that you send out. Today's message would be Christmas 360. And I apologize that that sounds like a Hallmark movie, but um, there's a second part to the message. And, and it's Christmas 360 dash, abide in me. Um, I'm sure you've already noticed that the season has begun. Thanksgiving is pretty much the launch for the, for the holiday season. And so rather than wait till December 24th, I thought I would wear my Christmas tie today. Uh, because I don't wear red and green from January to November. But come December, I'm good with red and green. Have you noticed that there's not only a Christmas in the air, which is the case, but there's definitely the, the spirit of Christmas. It, it, I, I always tell Sharon, even the grumpy people at work are happy this month. And so I, I enjoy it, and there's nothing wrong with it. But what I want to talk to you about today is... Um, a topic that I have not yet mastered, I'm still working on it, and it's, it's so profound that it's simple. And it's a four-letter word, and it starts with L, and it ends in E. Anybody? Love. Yeah, it's funny. Um, one Christmas, I remember this vividly, uh, everybody in the office was just... You know, there's food everywhere and candy and popcorn and, and everybody's sending you cards and everything. And so we're on a conference call and the, and the person running the call, at the end of the call, he was so jolly. He said, okay, love you all. Uh, why did I just say love you all to everybody on the call? There's clearly something about the holidays that we celebrate and that we enjoy and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, John 13.34 says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. I want, you to, I want that to sink in for a second. That you love one another as I have loved you. How many of you at some point in your life, life have felt God's love on you? I saw every hand go up. You, at some point you said, God loves me, and I feel so good about that. Well, he wants you to do something with that. And like I said, this message is not, it's so profound, it's simple. There's a scripture that says, God is love. And there are, there are two gods. There's God the Father, God the Son. 
And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loved us so much, no secret, that he gave his only life for us. Again, I want you to take, just take a moment, let that sink in. Jesus Christ loved you enough that he gave his only life for you. We love, you know, uh, I posted something this week on Facebook about children and grandchildren and the love I feel this time of year. To tell you how much I love my grandchildren, I wasn't with them yesterday, but because I know they're seeing Frozen 2, I went to see it. <laughs> and I called them last night, and I, and I said, what was your favorite part? And Christian's saying, the horse on the water, pap pap. And I said, my favorite part was when the giants brought down the dam and the water went over, all over the, spoilers, the city. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> Sorry, you should have gone. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't love a wonderful feeling? John 15, 4 and 5, I like John. John to me is the book of love. You know how many times the word love appears in the book of John? 57. 57 times. Abide in me, and I in you, and he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same shall bring forth much fruit. You might say, well, Brother Ken, I know where you're going with this. You want me to love everybody like I love my family. Exactly. Abide is defined as to remain fixed in a state of love. That was the de definition. If you abide in the Lord, you remain fixed in the state of love. And you might say, well, that's not humanly possible. I, I get it. I lose my temper. I have faults. I get frustrated. As we were pulling into the movies yesterday, the woman wants me to go around her, yet she's got my lane and her lane blocked. And Sharon's going, Ken, Ken, settle, Ken, settle, because she can see my temperature rising. And I'm ready to just burst. I got to love that lady like I love my grandkids. At that moment, I didn't do such a good job. Am I telling you this because I don't think you love? No. I'm sharing with this, this with you because I think you and I have not scratched the surface of experiencing the love of God. If we abide in the Lord. It might be because I just recently uh, had my mother pass away at the uh, very ripe old age of 96. I'm kind of proud of that. I don't know that I'll reach 96, but she did. Her mother and her sister died at 63, and so for every year that my mother lived, I was like cheering her on. She recently said, I think I'm going to die soon. I said, you're going to hit 100 because I just kept pushing her. But I'm proud of the life that she lived. We had a wonderful memorial service. I'll just share with you this one testimony. Um, 
just a, a, a very, very special moment that I'll share first before the testimony is that Brother Tony Ritchie, as he preached the sermon, he preached from Paul, where Paul says, I am that I am. And that was my mother. She was who she was. Brother Tony said she'd yell at me for clapping in church. You know, the minute she saw me put my hands together in church, she said, I, I want to see you. Come to the house. And she'd have a little talking with her because that was her thing. You don't clap in church. She said to me one day, I know you clap in church. I said, all the time. <laughs> but as Brother Tony wrapped up his sermon, which was just beautiful, it was on Veterans Day, which happened to be my mother's 96th birthday. As he wrapped up his sermon, he walked over to the casket and he said, Sister Elizabeth Staley, I salute you as a veteran in the army of the true and the living God. Just a, just a, there were only 30 people there. It was on a Monday. Everybody was working. But it was special. My mother had a lifelong friend. Her name's Sister Nina. She's about four foot four or five. And she's blind. And uh, we asked her if she'd say something. And she said a few things. But she said, you know, uh, my mother's nickname was Suds. She said, Suds and I became fast friends when we were teenagers. And when I called her and said, I got my job. I got a job. I'm going to be serving in a restaurant. And back in the 30s, 40s, women getting a job was a big deal. And my mother said to her, well, Nina, then I want to buy you a pair of shoes. Now that may seem like nothing today. But back then, that was a big deal. You know what a pair of shoes cost back then? We attended Brother Dwayne's memorial last week. It was wonderful to see all the saints and to celebrate his life. But something was said during the weekend, I, I think it was Sister Elaine or maybe David or Wendy who said that the thing that people told them the most as they came to pay respects was, your dad was my best friend. They said literally dozens of people said that. Now, how did my mother be moved upon to buy a pair of shoes for somebody who didn't have shoes? How did Brother Dwayne be moved upon to become the best friend of dozens of people? I would say to you today, and I would declare to you, that they abode, is that the right word? Abode? In the Lord. What does that mean? Does that mean you're a goody two-shoe 24-7? We're not made that way. I use the term goody two-shoe. My brother that was wayward for most of his life used to call me the goody two-shoe of the family. When he was on his deathbed, guess who he called? Hey, goody two-shoe, you got to get here now. I don't even know what that phrase means. Goody two-shoe. There's a story there, I'm sure. I want to share with you that I believe that if we allow ourselves, we can abide in him. We can love much. And that doesn't mean that the love is, first of all, we're not talking about the love between a man and woman. We're talking about a love that is a spiritual love. You can love people 
all people, everywhere, if you let the Lord abide in you. This is the time of year where people let down their guard and they let their love show. They do things that are nice for people. They say things that are nice. Well, I'm going to challenge you. You know, we sang, what, four or five Christmas songs this morning? I'm going to challenge you. Next August, when it's 122 degrees out, I want one of you to call Silent Night. Why not? Was he any less born in August than he was in December? No. You know, we had, um, we had a new girl start at work this week. So I, I'm in a row of offices, and then right outside our offices is a row of cubes. And because the offices are bigger than the cubes, there's like three cubes to an office. And so when I walk out, I just see heads in both directions. It's kind of sometimes overwhelming. Do you say hello to everybody? Do you nod? Do you what? You know, what do you do? Well, this new woman shows up this week, and, and I thought I should at least introduce myself. She's not in my department, but she's right outside my door. So I went up, and I said, hi, I'm Ken Staley. She said, hi, I'm Lisa or Leah. I can't remember. And she says, Ken, how's your life? Odd. I thought, oh, she's one of those. How's your life, Ken? So I, I stepped back. I said, well, you know, I just buried my 96-year-old mother. I'm, I'm in a 46-year marriage. I have beautiful children and grandchildren. My life is good. And she stands up. And she says, blessed be the name of the Father. Amen. What? Where are we? Those are blessings from the Father, Ken. Do you realize that? I said, oh, Lord, make me. Make me like her. Mold me to carry this spirit. When I meet a stranger, she just met me. Could care less what I think about that. I'm not asking you to be weird. I'm asking you to abide in the Lord. Let him speak through you to people who have needs. Let him use you. I was traveling recently and I was not being good with my diet. Not that I'm on a diet, but I was eating a lot. And I was feeling pretty, pretty poorly. And my phone goes, ding. And I look, it's a sister in our branch who has maybe texted me twice. And she says, you came to my mind this morning and the Lord told me to take care of your health. I love you. You service me and a number of people and we want you to be around a long time. I wrote back, I said, Sister, I'm having a hard time breathing right now because I'm, I'm feeling so poorly. But you have truly, you have truly been inspired of God today. Thank you, I said, for letting him talk to you and for listening. Because I needed to hear that. Now, have I stopped eating? 
No. Have I started eating a little more sensibly? Yes. When the Lord says, do something, you don't say, mm, wait, I'll put it off. Love unconditionally. It's not, if you do this, then I love you. you. Do you have people like that in your life? If you tell them something they don't want to hear, they don't call you back. They don't come to a family dinner. They don't. Because that's how we're wired. We're going to punish you if you say something I don't like. Just love unconditionally. Throw your arms around somebody once in a while. Let them know that you love and care for them. Tell them you're there for them. I have to tell you, when Brother Joe came forward this morning to be prayed for after so many months of suffering with this pain in his head, he became, I can't describe it, he became paramount in my life. I want him to be healed. I don't want him to have the pain. And I want the same thing for all of you and for every human being outside this door. Sharon makes fun of me. When we pray for our meals, she said, are you going to bless all of creation again? Because I say that in my prayers. Bless, Lord, Lord, bless all of your creation. The, the kid that's in the field in the Philippines who's suffering from malaria, bless his body. The people that live in communist countries who have no freedom of religion, bless their worship. Love those who don't warrant it. Oh, I've got a couple of those in my life. He, my mother used to say, Ken, she did me dirty. I said, what does that even mean? Somebody wronged you 40 years ago. Yeah. She told me she, this is a true story. She told me she had long stem glasses for me when I got married. She never gave them to me. I said, and you're still carrying this baggage, girl. Get over it. My mother was human. That's what I loved about her. Love those who you don't know. Love those who you do know but don't like. Here's one that's really hard for me. Love those that have hurt you. If you can tell me you've never been hurt by somebody, I will tell you you're lying. All of us have been hurt in some way, shape, or form. We had a young man, well, young. I say young man. We had a man. He was older back in Tennessee, and he said to me, Ken, I cannot be baptized. I have bitterness towards somebody. I said, get in line. We all carry something that we're struggling with. That just makes you human. You think that's a reason not to surrender your life to the Lord? Well, you don't know. I said, yeah, I don't know, but he knows. And he tells you it doesn't matter. Love your enemies. Oh, it's a scripture we read, but it just doesn't sink in with me. No, I hate my enemies. 
They're enemies. I have to hate them. No. The Lord knelt in front of Judas, who he knew would betray him. And he washed his feet and he prayed for him. What did he say? Lord, get him. <laughs> Not so. He said, Lord, bless his life. Bless his soul. Bless all that is within him. To do this, there's, there's a formula. Brother David Scotty and I drove together. We had so, so much fun last week. I think it was illegal, the fun we had. We laughed all the way to San Benito and all the way back. We cried a little bit too. And, and I said um, to David, you know, I find that when I'm, when I'm in this state where I need help, I need to surrender myself. Because I get in a state where I need help, but I don't want to surrender. Have you ever been there? I know I'm not where I need to be, but I don't want to give anything up. I don't want to rely upon the Lord. I want to take this into my own hands. I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. I'm comfortable doing this. You know those two stories I told you? Blessings of the Father. Brother Ken, take care of your health. Those are two individuals who stepped out of their comfort zone. They did it because the Lord abides in them. And for that moment, they were allowing him to move through him, through them. Dwell on God's love for you and see if that changes your love for someone else. He forgives me daily. Do I forgive daily? Or do I carry a chip? You know, when my brother died and it just so happened that my two brothers left to go back to work and my mother was in denial and she couldn't be there. And so I was alone with my brother when he died. For a year, I carried a chip on my shoulder that they deserted me. I'm not proud to say this, but I want you to know that we're humans. And so for a year, anybody who wanted to touch me or talk to me, I just wouldn't do it. I was in the ministry. I didn't function, but I was in the ministry. Because I was so, never, I had never experienced death. And it, and it, and it left me like, not whole, scarred. And I was gonna punish the people that did it to me. And for a year, my two brothers, who are macho uh, um, men, I'll just stop there, would call me and say, Ken, we love you. I said, thanks, hang up the phone. Finally, after a year, they'd say, beg me, talk to me. I said, where were you when I needed you? Your, your words, I love you? And they broke down and they said, we're sorry. We didn't know he was going to die. We had to get back to work. Finally, I had to say, I forgive you. Brothers and sisters, we can live, and friends, we can live such rich lives if we abide in the Lord. What else matters? Come, somebody tell me. What else matters? When I saw my mom who lived a, a long life, her body in, in the casket, cold, she's gone. All that she owned, all that she ever did, it's, it's vapor. But what she did for Jesus Christ 
and for other people. And she loved other people. Do you know how many people? <laughs> my brother put a little rolling pin in my mother's casket. And there was a slit in it for a picture. Instead, he put a recipe that he wrote. Recipe of the perfect mother. 96 years of unconditional love. And he went all the way down. And at the end, like one from the bottom, he said, and a big pinch of stubbornness. <laughs> and it was funny. People were coming through going, oh, it's one of her recipes. I said, no, no, you can't take that. Her ministry was baking. Do you believe that? She I have more people. One sister came through the line, Joyce Jumper. She said, Ken, I know when your mother entered the portals, my two sisters said, oh, we're getting Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah, we laugh. It's okay to laugh. This morning, I want to encourage you, enjoy the month of December. But on December 26th, I want to hear you singing Christmas carols. I want to see the same love. I want to feel the same love. I want to know on January 15th that you're still in love with the Lord and you're letting him abide in you. I don't feel to go any further. As is always the case, I have a song for you this morning. And I should warn you, this is not a hymn. And I, I'm sure... Um, Knowing my family the way I do, I'll hear about this selection later, but I heard this song about two years ago at a Christmas program at a high school, and I have not been able to lose the song yet. And there's one phrase in here that says, baby, and it's not a husband talking to a wife or a wife talking to a husband. It's just the, the singer calling you baby. Baby, believe in me. The song is called don't save it all for Christmas Day, Brother Micah. May God bless you.
Gotta give a 